dude, don't judge me. Like, I'm, I'm not an asshole. How can you not know <laughs> that there's six inches of your butt crack showing? Welcome to Movie Mug and the Father and Son podcast that will stay in your stomach seven years if you swallow us. <laughs> I've swallowed gum before and I'm I'm chilling. But you can't digest it. Like your stomach will not digest gum. So you can blow a bubble out your butt technically, maybe? If, if you fart at the right time, absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> that would be like a legendary story. It would. Well, I'm Vince. I'm Jack. And we are a father and son duo who love watching movies, then having a conversation, but more importantly, spending that good old father-son quality time together. Guess what episode this is? I don't know. It's 55. One more. What? We're recording. Who is it? Happy one year! Whoa! Hey. Hey, Gary. Hey, um, how are you guys? I know you didn't expect me, but, you know, I had to. I had to track you guys down. Yeah, this is not you our... Track us down. This is not our one-year anniversary. No, when I say track, I, I mean, like, I, I tracked you guys down. I know um, a lot about you. Well, number one, I have a statement. This is not the one-year anniversary. You're a week early for that. And number two, what the hell are you doing here? <laughs> okay, in all honesty, like... I might have been running some Postmates orders over because, you know, I got to find something to do. From Oklahoma. Okay, that was a lie. <laughs> I definitely drove here straight out. I tried to make it seem better. Um, well, okay. It's been a while since you've been here. Um, you've been keeping up, I guess? Yes. I, I mean, I'm up to date. I just listened to the Hereditary episode. Okay. Um, we kind of ripped you in that one a little bit, I think. So uh, you're not here to... Yeah, and I, I was going to address that. I didn't think it would be the best thing to, you know, bring up right on the spot, especially because I thought we'd be like, you know, one year, like all celebrating mm -hmm. and stuff and reminiscing at this point. But no, now that you get into it, yeah, I'm 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 very angry. I guess you're here to do an episode with us. I mean, you're. Oh, yeah. No, I'm doing an episode <laughs> and I'm picking the movie like I know. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I earned it. It's weird that we already had a third mic set up, too. I just oh, yeah, this is strange. Usually don't. But we did today. And that's just strange. But, you know, you did come on a good day because this is the last of challenge number two. Um, I'm about to get the Duke Lax and we're going to make it happen. So yeah. uh, you ready for that? I, I guess so. <laughs> um. What if we actually did that? <laughs> would you, You'd be so mad. Would you do that? Yeah, would you join us? I, it would take a lot of pacing, um, a lot of coin flipping for me to really get a firm idea of if I'm going to do it or not, but I know I'd eventually probably give in. And I was honestly really surprised that uh, Jack went along with it. I, that was a curveball. I was, but at the same time, I wasn't. Ever since Dumb and Dumber, like I said, I've always wanted to try one. If you have not heard that episode, I think it's episode 31, Cabin Fever. Go back and take a listen. Uh, I think that's one of our finer moments, doing, <laughs> doing the laxative challenge. <laughs> totally. If, if we have finer moments. I'm not sure that's, that's the case or not. All right, well... Um, Damn it, this was supposed to be my turn because Jack was giving me two turns in a row so we could have the one-year anniversary. So. Should have thought about that when you were making fun of me. Yeah, I, <laughs> I guess so. Um, all right, guys, well, you know what time it is. It's Lobby Time with Vince and Jack and Gary. All right, everybody, welcome to the Movie Mug and Lobby. This is the time we talk about things that aren't necessarily related to the movie we're going to be watching and talking about, but we still think it's important enough to warrant some airtime. Um, Gary, you have not heard our episode yet that has not released yet. Yes. Because you're not a platinum member of our Patreon. <laughs> yeah. But last week, we talked about Ari Aster. He has a couple of short films, and one of them is called There's Something Strange About the Johnsons. Johnsons. But the reason I bring it up is because last week's movie and then that movie, there were some father-son issues in both of them. In Ari Aster's <laughs> short, it's the son rapes the father. It's a great relationship. Yeah. And then and I'm not even gonna ask. Sorry. Yeah, no, you you heard me correctly. He he forces oral sex on the father, then he rapes him in the bathtub. It's it's a heartwarming Ari Aster story. 
Then we watched Hot Rod, and in Hot Rod, the main character, which is Andy Samberg, and his stepdad fight all the time, like fist fight. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of weird that we talked about something with father issues like that. It got me thinking, because Andy Samberg always wanted to kick his stepdad's ass, I wanted to ask Jack, do you think you could kick my ass? No. No? No. You you knows how fast he answered that? Maybe if you're caught in the bathtub. We're not, I'm not talking about raping my ass. I'm talking about ass. kicking my ass. <laughs> Damn. Um, There's a reason I don't take baths. Like, how, how long do you think you could last in the round with me? Like, well, I don't know. Like You've been get, in fights before. You were in the army. Get in the octagon. I was not in the army. <laughs> I have no fighting experience. So, Gary, you think you could kick your old man's ass? Honestly, yeah. He's getting up there. Yeah? Yeah, <laughs> I think Just so. Without a problem? I no, he'd give me a run for my money. I think, mm-hmm. uh, but I think in the long run, I got the stamina on him. Yeah, um, <laughs> that's the big thing. And you know, I, I think I got something to prove. I have nothing to lose on that fight. Um, he has a lot, uh, a lot of pride on the line there. Um, but if I lose, you know, I lost my dad. You know, it's kind of understandable. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, uh, you guys got anything else for the lobby? I actually do because if you recall, last time I was here. I got scolded for not having anything on the lobby. Okay. All right. I often feel that burn. So I just got, I got a quick, uh, would you rather, um, (gasps) that I found, um, would you rather every t-shirt you ever wear be kind of itchy (laughs) or only be able to use one ply toilet paper for the rest of your life? Kind of itchy. I think one ply toilet paper. Really? Well, you have some sensory issues. So that's, yes. that's not surprising. I was hoping, I figured whenever he said the t-shirt, I was wondering if it was going to be like always has an itchy tag or the tag's way too long. And he, <laughs> and that's like a personal hell for me. Well, one always ply. Always fucking has been. One ply, I end up fingering my own butthole and. <laughs> well, maybe he'll nut. See yeah, how- <laughs> exactly. <laughs> maybe it'll be good. I get. I end up milking my prostate with one ply. So, but you can also fold like fifty sheets or, or whatever, fifty squares over themselves, and then you won't finger your butt. That hole. doesn't get rid of the texture, though. You're still. Uh, well, yes, I know it'll be sandpaper. Yeah. No thanks. I, man. I'd rather have a scabby butthole than no. an itchy back. <laughs> I, I mean, I probably just will stop wiping. I like to pamper my butthole. I'm not looking to go cheese shredder, sandpaper, finger go through it. <laughs> you you do both every day. But you have a shirt on you all day. You wipe your ass for about six that. seconds a day or something like that. But then like the after pain always goes away after like an hour, probably even less. But that itch. You lean back. You're, you've just got home from work, and your shirt's been itching all day. You switch into your favorite comfy shirt that never itches, and all of a sudden I don't it's th- itching you too. Yeah. Your shirt's always itch. I don't know, man. My butthole's a princess. I'm taking good care of it. I'm, I'm going with the itchy shirt. It's like the Chinese water torture. See, not Chinese. I don't you know. You got to think about it. If you use the one ply, you're building up a callus. <laughs> hey, yeah, that too. I don't want a callus there. You well, do what you got to do, but I would rather have the one ply yes. than the shirt. I okay. Think. Yes. Hey, I'm shirtless a lot of time in the summer anyway. So, yeah. and, and, and it's the butt crack's always showing. It's, it's always. It's hot. So Don't gloss over that. The butt crack. The ultimate power move. The, <laughs> I mean, the, hey, what was that? And then you're, you're just, his butt crack is always just showing a little bit in the summer. It's not for me. It's for y'all. <laughs> it just, his pants sag just enough over his washboard ass. <laughs> Dude, we, uh, <laughs> we went to Chick-fil-A not too long ago. Oh. And uh, <laughs> we're, we're, you know, we're facing each other. And I'm like, uh. Hey Jack, what's that? Like you said, like they dropped something, mm-hmm. and I thought something had spilled. I'd turn around, and there's just like a dad crouch talking <laughs> to his kid, major ass crack, six inches of ass crack, like one of those shirts that's like a size too small, so it shows like thirty percent of your back. Mm-hmm. And of course, those jeans with no belt and that ass crack is just beckoning. Oh, we laughed and laughed and laughed. <laughs> that was... I forgot about I just, that. I wanted to go over there and swipe my credit card. <laughs> throw a penny in it. I was always one of those kids who was super self-conscious when people were sitting behind me Same. in a position where my right. ass crack could show. Even like, even though like I could be sitting on the back of my shirt, in my head I would just You like, feel that stray breeze? Yes! and But you don't even feel it. It's a fucking... Brain mind game, you and pull- I like I just check yep. real quick. I'm like, please, no one see my ass crack. My ass was never exposed right. ever. But then there's the <laughs> opposite side of that where it's like 
how can you not know <laughs> that there's six inches of your butt crack showing? Is it, you know, there's people like that that there's just it's like you're wearing your little sister's shirt or something like that. What <laughs> what the hell is going on? There was a I'm I'm self conscious too. Like when I'm riding my bike, I even like pull down my shirt as I'm riding my bike. Mm-hmm. But yet there's people that so much is showing and and they have no idea. We talked about before how you point out that a booger is showing for your bros. Absolutely. I, but a butt crack, that's like a, that's all you. Yeah, <laughs> that's, that's all, all you. you. Yeah. I agree. That's your own problem for sure. All right. So uh, so here's the deal. This was supposed to be mine. And, and what I was going to do today is I was going to play a really crappy 80s movie. Huh? And I was going to do that because <laughs> I didn't want to set you up for failure by playing a really good movie. I wanted to set you up to... Whatever you play was going to be better than what I was going to play. I mean, you never know. So It's it's a jack pick. Here's what I would like, because I'm, Gary is hijacking my episode. I would like to have the next two after the one year. Okay. Is that fair? Yeah, that is fair. So I get the next three after the one year. Mm-hmm. The next three? You just said, uh-huh. You so. just said the next two, and then you just <laughs> Jedi mind tricked me. That All was right. pretty sly. Well... Let's head on back to the podcast studio slash viewing room, and Gary will unveil today's movie. So I had I had a little bit of trouble at first uh, deciding on the movie that I wanted to go with. Um, I know how that feels. <laughs> yeah. I don't. I, I debated a lot of things. I was kind of between two movies, one that was kind of more of a futuristic, kind of more lighthearted, um, just a really good movie with a good story, or one that's kind of crazy, but... It related a little bit too much uh, to reality right now. And, you know, I, I was looking for some pure escapism. Gotcha. Okay. That's a good thing. Hey, feet off the table. You don't live here. You haven't earned that. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, so today's movie came out in 2014, has a runtime of two hours and 49 minutes. Holy shit. Damn. Yeah, I'm known for the long movies. I'm sorry. It has a 72% on Rotten Tomatoes. 8.6 out of 10 on IMDb. Uh, 95% of Google users liked this movie. That's the one that matters right there. Yep. Has one of Vince's favorite actors, the Matthew McConaughey. Okay. Um, and I, I thought this was just kind of ironic. The Mormon Mothers, one of the only things that it put on it, it has two uses of Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> no, I forbid this to come on the TV. I have no idea what rosary. this might be. I think I might. Today's movie is Interstellar. Okay. I haven't seen this. Neither I've not have. seen this either. It is one of my favorite movies of all time. I'm a little worried because last time you picked a movie, we did not feel the same way about it that you hoped we would. Later on, we did. I'm yes, sure you heard yes. that in that episode. It, it was a slow burn, and we both love that movie now. It's a fun uh, one to think about and reference. Like, I know a little bit about this movie. Um, I don't. Besides, they land on, like, an ocean planet and are in the water. Okay. Yeah, I think, uh, I know Anne Hathaway's in it. Um, there's a surprise actor that I don't want to spoil because it's kind of fun to see. Um, okay. Uh, the, the guy that's in the Batman who plays Batman's, that's Alfred. Um, Michael Caine? Michael Caine, yes, he's in it. I like Michael Caine. Yeah. Well... You want to take us the next yeah. step? Oh, we're going to take a movie mug and pause? All right, and we are back after watching 2014's Interstellar. Indeed. It's been a while since we've been uh, been talking, huh? <laughs> yeah. It what, was a marathon. What might feel like just a second to the listeners was actually 165 years. <laughs> yes. We traveled through a wormhole, and we are back to talk about Interstellar. We fell through a gargantuan black hole as well. So you might be dead. Our listeners could be dead, and we could be talking to the offspring of our listeners. Of the offspring. Offspring, <laughs> I mean. So this would be a good time to address the new listeners now, because presumably welcome. they're all new. Yeah, welcome. <laughs> welcome to Movie Muggin. We're a father and son podcast, guys. I'm sure you're... We'll just have to re-release all of them. Your family left it in your will to, to listen to us. See, I think there's more of like a graduation requirement for those kids, you know, coming up through school. Mm-hmm. Wait, these... Yeah, yeah. To learn about movie mugging, yes, we're in yes. the we're in the history books. These kids might already know what happens on the the one year anniversary special. Their parents probably raved about it. Wow, 
Maybe number 1,000, too, when I'm 79. Remember we talked about that one time? <laughs> no, you'd be the same age because we just do it again. Yeah, my head's starting to hurt. <laughs> and it's not just because it's after 1 in the morning after watching this thing. Two hours and 49 minutes, man. It didn't feel like that. I mean, it felt long, it but fe- it didn't feel... You could feel... tell it was... It's like a Lord of the Rings movie. I long, can see that. But it's a huge journey, and there's just a lot to look at. Yeah, there's a lot to pay attention to. Like, I think, like, part of the thing is, like, they're always on, like, a new planet. Like, we're just out in space with crazy fucking colors and stuff. Of course, we had to rent this one in 4K. So, they probably have, like, 12K now, though. I know there's eight, but it's not great. I'm talking about the future. No, they definitely got more than 12K. All right. They've got TVs you can walk into and then just, like, go walk, walk around and watch it. Let me give it the 50-cent tour. <laughs> Try. Hmm. Yeah. The overview. So Earth is dying. It's turned into, I guess, um, all the crops are dying. It's just turning into like the, a, a the dust, dust bowl. bowl. Well, they reference like something called like blight, which I think is like something that's like destroying the atmosphere, I think basically is what they said. Okay. So Earth is dying. And I, something happened, man. And, and NASA has been dissolved basically but they're hidden somewhere, and Matthew McConaughey is some great NASA pilot. He finds NASA. They send him into space, into, like, different galaxy through the wormhole to try to find an inhabitable planet in which the people of Earth can come and live. Mm-hmm. That's a pretty good job. And find a new home. I, yeah. think I, I think I did a pretty good job on that. Yeah, it's like one thing is the overview. The other thing is <laughs> explaining everything else. The deets. Which I feel like I could do a decent job at. No. Yeah, and describing any movie that deals that messes with timelines is just going to be an impossible task. Pretty much, yeah. Especially for a couple of idiots like like us. And I'm going to go ahead yeah. and throw you in there, too. Yeah, yeah. no, I couldn't do it. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's a crazy topic. Let's see what the internet has to say. In Earth's future, a global crop blight, hey, there you go, and second dust bowl are slowly rendering the planet uninhabitable. Professor Brand, played by Michael Caine, a brilliant NASA physicist, is working on plans to save mankind by transporting Earth's population to a new home via a wormhole. But first, Brand must send former NASA pilot Cooper, played by Matthew McConaughey, and a team of researchers through the wormhole and across the galaxy to find out which of these three planets could be mankind's new home. Mm-hmm. Pretty much what I said. Yeah. Well... I mean, it's our second space movie. I think Zathura was right up there uh, with yeah. this. I think it, that Zathura was a little more better. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> no, I, with a no. villain like those robots in there. Like, oh, so, alien life form must look, destroy. When I first saw the robot in this one, I was like, they didn't spend much of their budget on the <laughs> robot. It's just like this block that looks like it's walking on crutches. But then you like you start to care about them because they have a great personality. They yeah. have like they humor have, programming, they, honesty programming. Yep, they do. And like there are like real people in this movie that died, and I was like, well, at least the robot's alive. <laughs> like I'd rather have the robot alive. No, it it is crazy how much more lovable they made the robots than like the two other crew members <laughs> that were flying with them. Yeah. Like you 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 cared about like Anne Hathaway's character and Matthew McConaughey's character. But like the other two crewmates, like they didn't put any effort at all to make them like like and they even close to personable. Yeah, <laughs> so they had to set them up for that. The robots were cool. They were. I thought it was basically one rectangle with the two crutches, but it was four different rectangular prisms, and it could like go really fast. Like like it said in the movie, they were they used to be the Marines. Those were the Marines. So they were like, they're badass. They could get some shit done. Mm-hmm. And they knew how to like fly stuff and they could like tuck themselves into part of the ship and I guess plug in and just control like all the thrusters and all that. And they couldn't disobey you. So that was kind of cool mm-hmm. up for abuse. But and I mean, they had some amazing one liners in there. Like, I, I think they really provided like a good. Like, they were very, very good character. They were comedic relief, for sure. Yeah, yeah. there wasn't a whole lot of comedic relief in this, so but I was, think the robots did... They served most of it. Yeah, they served the purpose as far as that went. So this was directed by Christopher Nolan of Dark Knight fame, mm. Memento, which is one of the movies that we did that, on here. I forgot we watched that. That was another kind of a mindfuck movie. 
Yeah, if I remember correctly. Oh, yeah, absolutely, I, not, it was. no pun intended with that because he was kind of had amnesia, but I don't really remember. I mean, I I haven't seen Memento. Have you guys seen Inception? We've no. not seen Inception. I think you threatened to show that to us if we ever allowed you back on here, and that's <laughs> yeah, that's kind of what I thought you might bring today. Honestly, I thought about it, but. My personal favorite, like, there's a huge debate over whether Inception or Interstellar is better. Like, people are very polarized about it. I personally, I enjoy Interstellar more just because I think it has more depth as far as, like, I don't know, lovable characters. Like, I, I, I like Inception just conceptually. I think it's really cool, but I definitely like Interstellar more. Christopher Nolan did Inception as well. Yeah. I'm, I'm going to tell you right now, if you ever have to do a 50 cent tour on that, you're screwed. It's just not going to happen. I mean, I've been there before, so I don't <laughs> think that'll be a yeah be a big deal. So there's the big mission. They send McConaughey off, and it's it's pretty sad because his well, I guess at least one of his kids misses him. It seems like his son's like, get the fuck out of here. I want your truck anyway. But the daughter, she's I, ten. It it tugs at your heartstrings. Dude, you know? that was sad. she's pissed, and she doesn't want him to leave. And he's like, I gotta go. Don't. Don't don't do me like this, you know. At least like give don't me a hug me or leave something like this. And she's just like, "You're leaving me, leave." And he drives away, and it's too late, and she runs out. Dad, dad, well, of man, that scene where he's driving down that road and he's just losing it. Yeah, while the countdown's going on in the background. Oh, he cried a lot in this movie. Fuck, I would have too. Yeah, I'd have been fetal <laughs> position like, crying. This this movie was probably the most emotional movie I've ever seen. Really. This was sad. He was ripped away from his family and then realizes later that they sent him on a suicide mission without telling him. And they they got on this planet where time changed. Every hour they spent there, seven years went by on Earth, and they got stuck for too long. And so that was hard because then the next trans... It was 23 years. And so all the transmissions that had come into the mothership or whatever that they went back and connected to, throughout 23 years, he saw his kids, and they were no longer kids. Grandkids, too. The first time that I saw that like scene, like I was teary-eyed. like I was just heartbroken. I can't even imagine. McConaughey was awesome then. Just the Dude. tears rolling down his face as he's seeing his, his kid. He's an amazing crier. He's an amazing crier. An yeah, amazing which you, you wouldn't think. Like you, you think he would be like the kind of guy to like do the single tear kind of cop out, yeah. <laughs> but no, he just can let it go. His sob is the most convincing. Yeah, I mean, typical McConaughey, you'd be like, "All right, all right, all right, I got a grandson. That's so cool, man." <laughs> just think about him from. Uh, imagine if he was the same character as he was from. Uh... Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had that movie. I oh, got I a grandson it. now. <laughs> he snorts cocaine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> they probably could have used some cocaine on that ship to help him get through that. Oh, my god! And then Matt Damon, what a piece of shit. Yeah, Matt Damon showed up, and he was a piece of shit, So, which is hard because we watched Steve Carell be a piece <laughs> of shit in a movie recently, and then Matt Damon. Come on, man. Yeah, Matt Damon's a really hard one to watch in this movie, I think, like, personally, just because, like, I love that guy. Like, he is such a good actor. He's in one of my favorite movies, Good Will Hunting. Like, like the only thing that I think would come close to him playing a bad guy is, have, have you seen The Departed? I yes, don't say anything about it because that's on my list. I yeah, almost showed that the other day. Wow. That's the only one that's, like, he gets close to being, like, like kind of like a anti-hero, but, like, Still, I've never seen him go like anywhere that. No. He, he belongs. Be he belongs fighting someone with a book and choking <laughs> them out in the shower. Well, and, and was it Born Ultimatum? Was that one? I don't know. All the Born ones are Dude, classic. They're great. So he was one of the first ones to go. He was Doctor Man, and he landed on one of the planets that was uninhabitable. It was basically a frozen tundra. And he'd been there a long time. He'd been there so long that he just kind of got one of those sleep units, those cryo chambers, and and went to sleep for... He didn't set a wake date. Who knows how long. And this is the same guy that convinced the other 10 astronauts to go with him to these planets to explore them. And he was, like, said to be, like, the most noble of them. And, like, this amazing guy that basically, like, has no imperfections. And, yeah. Well... To be fair, he had been stranded on Mars before and ended up making his way back from there. So he ran out of ketchup, he, though. He, he had a lot of experience. He knew how to grow potatoes, though, mm-hmm. if I remember right. 
So basically, I'd have grown something else if I'd have been on. Fuck yeah! <laughs> it's like, four twenty on one Mars crop all that's day. More important. <laughs> and so basically, he he's sending the like these messages or whatever, like the signal that oh I found this, I found these awesome things, like because they decided to go to his planet and go see if it was good, and then he's gonna go show Matthew McConaughey. Like the at the bottom at the surface, the air's breathable and there's like greenery and stuff. And he breaks his face mask so he can't breathe. And he he like took out Matthew McConaughey's like helmet communicator transmitter walkie talkie thing and threw it. And so as Matt Damon's walking away, he's like, "Dude, don't judge me. Like I'm I'm not an asshole. Like you you've never been through this." Few men have ever been tested like me. Which he hasn't. That's fair. He's got a point. And he's crazy. I don't know. He's gone insane. But So he switches off his his communicator thing, and Matthew grabs his, and he's like, help, I can't breathe. And so the... He's like, help, I can't breathe, You got to whistle your S's real good. Come get me. And so Anne Hathaway saves him. And she learns that whatever happened happened with man. The ugly truth. Dr. Man, yeah. And then one of the other guys on the crew, Rom, he was trying to uh, repair that robot. It was a bomb. Yeah, but Matt Damon rigged a bomb to it. And yeah. So he blew up. Which doesn't seem productive at all. Like, what? Why? What? What is he going to use that bomb for? Like, And also, how does he know someone's going to come? He just did that, like had this Rube Goldberg set up just in case people came to his island. You know, I guess, like, if I if I went into, like, that deep sleep, like, I'd set a bomb by me. Like, <laughs> like a like cool. a 20-year-old detonator. Like, just give it a good 20. And then, like, 20 years later, it blows me up. I'm in my sleep. Never know. Yeah, that's Better true. Better than waking up and starving to death. What, what I didn't really yeah. understand is, I mean, he was happy that other people showed up. But why did he have to turn into a dick? He could have just been like, "All right, guys, let's let's go back to the space station and do." Well, some because other stuff. he's already gonna be he's gonna be caught in a lie. He could have made up a lie though, because like he said, like the days are sixty seven hours long and the nights are sixty seven hours long. He could have said, "When I got here, this was a lush green place, and then this planet <laughs> just got really fucking weird." I guess and all he of a sudden, it turned or into like this. when he woke up, like walked outside. Whoa! Whoa. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? He, he, this place thing, was beautiful. like the Garden of Eden. He hadn't even been asleep that long. He just he heard he heard their ship and was like, "Shit!" Right? <laughs> Everyone, man your positions. <laughs> no, and I mean, I think partially it probably has to do with the fact that that dude's definitely psycho. By that, yeah, point. he's insane. Oh yeah, all that I, time alone in isolation. Well, I think with that um crew that it was different from the endurance when they went together i think they all went separately and well, so yeah, he's yeah. been alone since they took off from earth if i'm i may be mistaken on that no but. no that that's what it was they okay. went on all single manned missions to all these different planets that could potentially be inhabitable so most of them die a so, bunch of them land on uninhabitable planets and then the ones who land on them have to explore and report and be like, oh, I found this, I found this. This is totally okay for life. The air's breathable over here, but not here. All that. Yeah, so we're talking about a good 20, 30-year commitment. Yeah, and then... Like getting there and getting established and figuring out if your planet has any chance of being habitable. They'd already been there when the movie had started. And so them going to that one ocean planet and wasting 23 years, that definitely... <laughs> 23 extra years for Matt Damon sitting there. Man, I'd be ready to kill people, too. (laughs) I mean, 23 years. They had two years' supply of food um, with each of those, like, pods that they took. And so they had to hibernate a lot to be able to conserve that. So, I mean, I I wonder how much those people actually were awake, like, turning crazy. Because you don't go to sleep for 20 years and then wake up and you're crazy. I mean, I think, uh, like, Matt Damon, if he was to the point where he just went to sleep and didn't set a wake-up time... Yeah, he was like, insane by that he point. He was jacked. <laughs> He's just up. done. He's ready. <laughs> He's ready to go. Got and I'm sure that ammonia in the atmosphere wasn't doing him any favors. <laughs> yeah. Couldn't grow potatoes. <laughs> Ran out of ketchup again. So, space. I know, I Jack... Space. You've always loved space. You wanted to be an astronaut for and a long time. And then I realized that's a lot of school. And <laughs> yeah. I was like, you know what? I think a lot of it is zero G. I'd love to try that. I would too. But you can try it on the like 
can't remember what it's called. It's a throw up something rather, or the the barf thing. I don't know. Like famous, it's famous people have been on it. Where the, the plane, the plane that does like a loop or something. So for I think like, it just drops. Like or something. yeah, no, it, it three like goes minutes up and just like it's like a roller coaster. I think like three minutes each time or something like that. You get zero g, but they call it the the barf bucket or something to have to hmm. do with throw up. But I mean, that's as close as I'd ever get. Because realistically, I mean, unless I'm still alive when Earth shuts down and we got to go to Mars or something, but then what I'll if you, be what, on a what rocket. What if you found a gravitational anomaly in your room? <laughs> in my, I don't have any books in my room. You. Your sister <laughs> has a bunch of bookshelves. So. <laughs> yeah, that's true. But, I would, I would love to try zero gravity. I think that would be such a be kick-ass so feeling. I, I always like watching like the. Like them squeezing something, and then like the a little water. bit of water, or something comes out. How they and... brush their teeth? Have you seen that? Uh. Uh-uh. They'll, they'll they'll like squeeze water, and they'll like scoop it up on their toothbrush while it's just floating. The most mundane activities on Earth turn out to be like really interesting. Could you in imagine how like amazing those like little games you could make? Because you know you like you do like the crumble piece of paper, throw it into a trash can, yeah. paper on football, Earth. all that shit. The possibilities just open up if you're in zero G. Yeah, it's like, how's the research going? Well, I'm fucking, we've been playing. <laughs> I've been taking a shit in midair. <laughs> we've been shooting water droplets 50 yards. You should see what my ejaculate does when I'm. Pew! <laughs> 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 shit! It's still floating around. It went through the L- space station. Larry ran into it the other day. Uh, yeah, it'd be a lot of fun. I mean, as much as I'd love to experience zero gravity, I think another thing is the views, the colors, just the ominous darkness and just silence. And just it's it's eerie. I mean, I, I never want to be that far away from home. Another country is one thing. Outer space is an entire other animal. A little different. And I mean, it's a horrible fear, even though it's not that realistic, unless you're one of those guys who's like outside of the ship, tethered to it, working on something. If you get cut off from that, you're dead. Like someone has to go fly for you, and they don't have like those convenient rocket ships like they do in Interstellar because this was in the future. Or Guardians of the Galaxy. Yeah, like those jetpack things. Or even like self-propulsion devices that like can get you anywhere near the like actual space that you need to get. Like like (sighs) you're not like flying around like you're swimming. It's It's more like you push to one side and you're not pushing back. Like you're just done. And you gotta counterbalance constantly. Because if you push too thrust too hard to the to one side, then you're gonna continue that motion. And if you fuck up and you start mashing buttons, as I'm going to call it, then you're going to end up spiraling towards fucking the sun or something. You're going to fuck the sun? Uh, no. But it's like drowning to me. You're just stuck floating. You can maybe even see your space station. You'll never get back yeah. to it. Wait, have you, have you guys ever seen Gravity with Sandra Bullock? I've no, not seen Gravity either. That's a, good, that's a good stressful, stressful space movie. George Clooney in that too? It's a it's a really good mu- movie to watch visually. Be good for that new 4K TV. Okay, all right, uh. all right. So, does Matthew McConaughey save the world? Yes, he does. Indirect, directly, indirectly. I would argue that Tar saved the world. <laughs> yeah, Tar, that's the, the robot, the blocked robot. He helped for sure. You know, I, I mean, he's the one that got the data. <laughs> all Matthew McConaughey did was was push books. Yes, and put binary into this watch. Tar's the hero. You know. <laughs> Unsung. I was in this movie the whole way. Oh. <laughs> thoroughly enjoyed the story. I didn't know where you're going with oh, it. Oh, no, but no. I was, in, I was actually the voice of Tar's. <laughs> right? No. I have a beautiful voice. I should be doing voiceovers for sure. The end was a little bizarre to me uh-huh. when all of a sudden Matthew McConaughey is in this fifth dimensional world where he's looking through his daughter's bookshelves and seeing her, I was kind of like, "What?" That didn't get me at all. No, I and, and there are like some truths to it, and I know that they like did like some kind of research. The thing that got me was I felt like the writing fell apart in that. Like he was saying like all those cheesy lines about love and stuff. So I do yeah. agree with you that the movie definitely did fall apart at that it, point. Yeah, I, I wouldn't describe it as fall apart. Oh, he, yeah, I would describe funny. it as. There was a couple corny lines, but I was the visuals. I liked seeing it was cool. And That's true. The thought of how like reality could be like that, just in an infinite hallway, literally infinite. You could never get to the end of it. All of them 
could be like doors or something where a past version of you made a different choice. Or like in this, every single moment that occurred in his daughter's bedroom. And he's just swimming down this thing well, in zero gravity looking for the right moment to where he can alter what happens on the other side. But then he fell into that area where he could knock those books over in Morse code, which happened at the beginning of the movie. And the daughter referred to it as a ghost. But it was him, like, altering kind of what happened. And, like, as he was doing that, his, like, 23 years past daughter was in that room just trying to piece everything together. And so it's showing both of these separate things happening at once, and she puts together the puzzle and because she picks up the watch and sees that, like, what she needed to see that proved he was alive and she had been working with NASA to figure out how to get him back home because she never gave up on him. The son did, and then he got <laughs> fat, and then he was an asshole, and <laughs> his first kid died, and he was basically letting his wife and other kid die by leaving them in the dust, and they're developing terrible coughs, and the doctor came and was like, y'all need to leave now, and he punched the doctor in the face, the whole thing. But he, he can die in the dust if he wants to. I don't really care. So I, so I have a question. Yeah. Was Professor Brand the guy that was at Earth, uh, Michael Kane, right? Mm-hmm. His name. Yeah. Would you do the same thing? Would you lie? No. <laughs> like no, I no, mean, no. Like, what, would you would you lie about um, the equation? Hell no. Do you think he was wrong in doing that? I think he was an he was a villain of this movie. I can't do equations, so people <laughs> people would know I'm lying anyway. He's the villain in my eyes. But also, in my eyes, he's not. Saving the human race. And yeah, it's like the, the greater good shit. But I mean, if you're going to like make me, convince me to leave my young kids on a suicide mission without letting me know it's a suicide mission, then I'm going to come back to Earth and cap your ass. <laughs> like, you'll be fucking all of this shit. I'll be young and spry. What are you going to do? What is where's that how's that pillow smell when I smother you on your deathbed? I mean it, you uh, fuck. <laughs> his his thing around lying was he was his, he had a plan A that was like try to save the humans on earth by making this huge spaceship because they were going to solve the equation of gravity and like be able to do it mm-hmm. and like have all the like physics behind it and like the ability. Oh, uh, I, I, um, I see now. I and see. so he was trying to figure out this equation. Said he was so close. Um, it was a p- still a possibility. But there was also this plan B where they took a bunch of fertilized eggs with them on their mission. And if they found a habitable planet, they would start a colony. And so basically, he lied about that equation. He had he had known for years that it was impossible. But he had kept the like saying that it was still possible because he thought that people would abandon the idea mm-hmm. out Without. of selfish reasons. Yeah, like, yeah, and like yeah. it would just cause chaos. If which no, it's de- definitely true. If the world is already ending and a lot of people are already dying, like I'm gonna stay here. I, I mean, I like I, even if it's gonna save the world, I'm probably like, nah, someone else will do it. <laughs> Unless I was like a NASA pilot, then maybe I'd be more inclined. But it's like. Couches are comfortable. <laughs> like, I'll stay here. They are. It's um, chill. His daughter grew up to be Jessica Chastain, which mm-hmm. her performance in Zero Dark Thirty is one of my favorite acting performances of all time. That movie's great. Love the movie. She was phenomenal in that. So it was. I was very pleased to to see her in this. All right. Favorite parts. Mm, fuck. I hadn't thought about it. Obviously, <laughs> never do. Uh, anything Matthew McConaughey took part of, honestly. He's a great actor. It's a cop-out. I mean, He yeah, was in everything. Of. Exactly. Like, I really like this movie. I, I could say, oh, the visuals, but Matthew McConaughey was there during the visuals. Uh, if I have to nail down he is one... The visual. If I <laughs> that's to, what Olivia would think. <laughs> yeah, that's Bradley Cooper. No, she went to see The Gentleman with us just because Matthew McConaughey was in there. Oh, well... Uh, if I have to nail down one specific part, it has to be when they land on the first planet and it's like, like a foot deep of water and they're like, oh, oh, there's mountains over there. And it looked like mountains. That's, I, I thought it was mountains. And that was the place I got stuck on that fucked all the years up, 23 years. Turns out those are not mountains and those were like the most massive tsunamis ever. And that's why it was shallow. 
because it sucks all the water back. Man. Those waves were was so intense. So ginormous. And they survived the first tsunami, and then the engines are flooded. And so they got to wait, and it's like two or three minutes. And, well, in the first tsunami, there was the three of them. And one dude didn't get in in, in time in the ship when they had to take off, and he died. Good riddance. <laughs> <laughs> You're so heartless, And man. he was he was... There was nothing was wrong with innocent. him. You hated him because he was a dick in the Hunger Games. Well, <laughs> and he's Which also, is- look at him. He can't play a nice character. He wasn't like rude or anything in this movie, but he wasn't really nice. He just nice. has a mean looking face. Like, he, I'll, like give, I'll give you He's that. got a punchable face. He's one of those people where you look at him, and even if he doesn't speak with an attitude, it just sounds like he has an attitude. <laughs> His and- father will sue you. <laughs> yeah. I think that moment really set a tone for the movie because because like leading up to then you weren't really sure how like what the whole space scene was going to go and like how serious their problems would be. Yeah. But when you see like the uh, probably hundred foot wave, you're just like, oh, they're oh, bigger so than that. Screwed. That thing was fucking huge. Yeah, it was it was really scary looking. And it does set a grim tone because you're like, oh, he'll get back to his kids, and well, you don't really know what to expect, and then you see, well. If this happens, anything can happen. I bet any number of these people are dead now. It lets you know that they're not fucking around. Gary? I think uh, my favorite part has to be the score. I, I'm a sucker for the organ. Um, oh. that that It just made it so much more intense for me, especially... Like the the biggest moment that stands out is when he's trying to dock um, on the endurance after man blew up half of the ship, and they're trying to match the spin and get it out of the atmosphere of the planet that was they're on. Crazy. And that like I've watched a video about how that guy made it. He went to like Europe to one of the oldest organs in the world to record and play it for the movie, and it's just like I don't know. I just remember seeing that and just like getting chills. I I got chills several times in this movie. That was definitely one part. But I have to agree with you. The music in this just added so much. It's just such good, intense background music. But not really background because it's loud and it's powerful and strong. I You know what? It's weird. I'm usually a soundtrack guy. I'm not so much a score guy. I mean, like Indiana Jones and, and Star Wars and stuff that dun, just have... That that just has that that music that just just sticks with you or whatever. This one, I don't really remember. I mean, I remember the music, but I don't I don't know that it had a, as big of an effect on me. I'm more of a I notice soundtracks and music more when it's like got words and stuff like that, like a Fast Times or like an or like a Dazed and Confused song. or something that that has. I'm more of a soundtrack guy. I can appreciate a good score, but I like you're talking about the organ. I don't remember that at all. With with a movie with an actual song, I'll be able to pinpoint it more. Like, oh, cause I know that song that just played. I'll remember that. Like, we got the beat at the beginning of yeah. Fast Times. I'll remember that. But I can't remember how any of the songs went. But I remember thinking several times throughout, wow, this music is good. Really? Yeah. And, like, hearing it in the moment, it's going to be hard to try and recreate it two hours after you heard it. And I think, like, especially on, like, your first watch through of this movie, it's kind of hard to pay attention to the soundtrack because it, it is, like, there are a lot of things that are happening and you got to figure out, like, how much time has passed. Like, there are a lot of other things to pay attention to. You're thinking to. about yeah. literally so, like, everything else. Yeah, and, and I think, like, especially with the score of, like, this movie, it's definitely part of the rewatchability factor. Um, True. Yeah, you're right. You have a lot of things to pay attention to. Wormholes and Terrasex and, and <laughs> quantum stuff. and Wondering like, who's going to die or what is how old his kids are now or if he'll ever get back. Because, like, he's, he drops... He was connected to the main mothership that Anne Hathaway was on, and he drops out and falls in a black hole and ejects out of his ship inside of a black hole. And humanity doesn't know what happens. They really don't. So I like how they played to the imagination and added story with what how, what a black hole actually does, how these things were happening in the very beginning. And I like, I really enjoy narratives about realities and alternate realities. Mm-hmm. And when I maybe can follow them. <laughs> like, like, what if I'm somewhere trapped behind one of these walls in a different reality, watching myself right now, and it's like, please don't say the next thing you're going to say. It changes your life. It just stuff like that. You can go down 
a wormhole, if you will. <laughs> and just it, it just blows your mind just it's, thinking about things like that. And you watch a movie like that, and it's just it gets my gears turning. Of well, what so do I mean creative, wonder? and it's, it's yeah, it's such a great and interesting topic, in my opinion. I think yeah. my favorite part was when they went through the wormhole and just the effects and how kick-ass that looked oh, yeah. when they were traveling through that. I thought that was pretty intense. And the ship was rumbling and the electronics were half shutting off. And it just looked really cool. On. No, the, the special way, effects on that were awesome. The way they transitioned that from being a sphere to them being in a tube and yep. then like, yeah, that was beautiful. And it's not just a hole, like a rip in the dimension. It's not a circle like how a lot of people probably think about. Like in this movie... They kind of drop a truth bomb on you. It's a sphere, dude. So they get close and shit's starting to bend at the edge of it. Those effects were fucking kick and, ass. And just, just knowing that there are so many other galaxies out there, like for real, for real, like in real life. Yeah. It's just, it's it's crazy to think about. And there's no question that there's other planets out there in my mind that, that have life. Yeah, for sure. And they sure. could be. Oh, yeah. Millions of years behind where we are today, or, or ahead, way ahead, or it's it's crazy to think about. And I just I wonder if one day we're gonna find something, or something's gonna find us. We're not gonna be alive, I would say. I feel like there's aliens among us right now. I guess there oh, could yeah. be some Men in Black shit, some mm-hmm. sugar water. But when I think of aliens, I mean it's not gonna be like that game, destroy all humans. Like a lot of people are like they abducted me and probed my asshole, <laughs> and uh, it's probably just things who knows if they're even similar to humans like they could just be any beings who have a civilization Mm -hmm. and they don't have flying saucers and disintegration rays i mean that'd be kick-ass like come visit me pick me up and give me one and then i'll let you i'll i'll let you probe my butt if you give me a disintegration ray wow i know what's going in the opening (laughs) (laughs) i mean what do y'all think on that what's y'all's take if you get a fucking disintegration ray are you letting some aliens probe your butt I'm going to hold out for a little bit more than a you don't disintegration get, ray. There is no context on how long the butt probe is, but the thing a is, disintegration ray. What would I use it for, though? Someone pisses you off, you take their finger. Oh, Jack would use it daily. <laughs> like, like, I feel Ant like there are better rays out there. Like a, like a good old ray? shrink ray or like a teleporter. I think I would shrink for a teleporter for a sure. A shrink ray? You yeah. just like shrink someone and then step on them? But a disintegration ray, man. All right, bucket of chicken time. I mean, we all know what the easy one is, but mm-hmm. he, he's very deserving. I mean, Matthew McConaughey, he's such a talented actor. Like we already said, any emotional scenes, he was great. And one, it, there was an extended scene where it showed his daughter, her video, and she's like upset with herself. It's her birthday because he left and was like, maybe we'll be the same age when I get back. And she turned that age on that day and so it showed that for a long time and it showed her upset and then it cut to what his reaction was and he was just he was that was the most wreck he had been in that movie and that i feel like that's a really hard emotion to depict it's just absolutely destroyed like he looked like he was not coming back from that yeah he he's just so convincing like he just made you love his character that's all I got to say. He's so convincing. he gets your bucket of chicken? Is that he, what you're really trying to say? Yeah. Okay. I'm not great. All right. We all know that. Honestly, I think I think my bucket of chicken goes to the score. I just, I've, after rewatching that movie, like I, I can't even count how many times I've seen that movie. Every time it get, it just gets me. I mean, it's it's my, by far my favorite part. The metronome on when they're on the wave planet gets me every time. Cause that just, oh, metronomes always put me on edge. I think I remember that actually. Like it's the the thing that's going. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, you know what? I remember that part because you said like every time it ticks, that's like a certain month. Number it was of months like a or month or, or like a like year that. or something like that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah, I love McConaughey in it too. And you know what? He's moving up the list of people I'd like on the Big Blue Couch. Oh yeah, we had Samuel Jackson, Morgan Freeman. I think McConaughey. There was someone else too. He would bring a really remember. good coolness oh, factor to g- it. Guy from Fargo. William H. Macy. <laughs> yes. <laughs> um, He's a good actor, too. You seem to have him in the corner for whenever you make a good statement, and he goes, you betcha. Mm-hmm. It's it's <laughs> it's a tough decision for me. I think Matthew McConaughey was fantastic in it. I, the, the emotional scenes when he was crying were phenomenal. But I'm, I'm going to give it to 
just the special effects. I mean, they weren't really yes. up in space doing this, but it it was very convincing Fucking that they were up like in space it. doing it. So if, if somebody would have said, hey, this was really filmed in space, I'd have been like, yeah, it's obviously it was. Yeah. Duh. <laughs> so, you know, I got to give it to that. So I, I get a good sense of like happiness and justice whenever like I'll give the bucket of chicken to one thing and it was hard. I couldn't decide between these two things and Vince will give it to the other. And it just gives me like a good feeling like, okay, they got what they deserved as well. We just got the trifecta, I would say. Just the special effects and the environments, the music, and my boy Matthew. Although you did leave uh, Leon hanging and Leon the professional and just you gave him zip. Well, because I had to give it to Natalie Portman. No, right? I gave it to Natalie Portman. You gave it to Gary to? Oldman. Oh, the villain. Yeah. And just left Leon. Well, the Leon's a badass. Hero. And get and but got then, nothing. But Gary Oldman acted amazingly in that. Yeah, he did. And I, I I feel terrible guilt about that. Yes. Gary Oldman's got those eyes that'll just they'll snag you. You got to see Leon the Professional. You'll <laughs> you you'll see that? some eyes. I haven't seen Leon the Professional, but I, I've seen a lot of his other stuff. He is he's a bad guy in that one. A real fucking bad That's guy. That's who he plays best. Is bad guy. And he he takes pills well, and he fucking chews Black them. And Harry Potter. That's that's Gary Oldman. No, I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Wow. If I'm, sh- I'm if I'm thinking of Gary Oldman being the correct person, <laughs> I, I I don't think it is. I'm thinking I I may be thinking of the wrong person. What what else is he in? Book of Eli. He's in. Oh Tango. no, Book of Eli is what I was thinking. thinking Holy fuck! Serious Black. Gary Oldman. Yeah, because he's Commissioner you Goldman. You've got to be shitting he's not, me. He, is he really Commissioner yeah, Gordon? Yeah, he's Commissioner Gordon. He He's a lot of people. He's been in a lot of movies. He was Winston wow. Churchill in one movie. Then he was pretty good. I'm fucking blown away I, that Gary Oldman is never, serious black. How did I yeah. never put that together? I, I'm i fucking seriously blown away by You're that. That's amazing. seriously blown away? <laughs> I like that you said that. Yeah, it was on purpose. But yeah, he, he plays... You, you've seen... Have you seen Book of Eli? I have not actually. I've, I've like sat down a couple times to like watch it, but I just haven't had the time. He's evil in that. In in both Leon the Professional and the Book of Eli, he makes these faces where he's just so mad, and he has some like he's always the big boss in those two. Lack of boss. So he's got these like lackey goon kind of guys, and he'll be so pissed and do like the perfect like gritting teeth delivery of their instructions, like that they should have done right the first time. Like, just the sweating, angry asshole who's just fucked up. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. All right, score time. All right, I'll, I'll go first since I'm the guest. I okay. Would, and it's my movie, so I got to speak well of it. You know, it, it, it's it's one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and I I can't give it a 100 because, um, like, I... I still like find some like there there are a couple lines like when that kid comes up and coughs and then go kind goes uh, and he just goes it's dust like really <laughs> dust. like weird like that, <laughs> that line weird. gets me every time and then kind of like the end so but still like also one of the most rewatchable movies uh, personally for me um, so I'd give it a ninety eight wow wow yeah. two points lower than me <laughs> really yeah <laughs> this was awesome say it out loud what are you giving one hundred Wow. I can't take off two points for little things. You can't hold every movie to the perfect, like, no mistakes, or else that's a doc. And, like, like the one you mentioned, the kid being like, it's a dust. That, he, I, he was in it for, like, two frames of the movie. That's true. And so um, it's like, the rest of the movie was so damn good that, like, and I feel like a lot of my 100s, there could be mistakes, but other parts of it were so fucking good that it just like, like for every one point I could take off two points were added, kind of thing. No, and I definitely do agree with that. Like it's it's deserving of one hundred. I think just like I don't know. I could. It's what you're it. feeling. I, yeah, I'm, I know. I'm not shaming you. Feeling. I'm just saying my opinion off of kind of what you based yours on. No, I definitely know like a bunch of people that would make that like tote this as like a perfect movie. This was like had masterpiece qualities to it for sure. The huge, grand scenery and environments. But I am curious what Vince is thinking, because he's a lot harder to read, unless the movie is just a burning garbage fire piece of shit, then you know. <laughs> like most of your picks? Because you'll be going, God, 
right next to me, like Bruno, you just heavy sighing throughout the entirety. But if it's like you never know, he's got a, he's got a good poker face. He's not letting you see his cards. I can't decide if you're gonna underdo it or give it a ninety. Hold something. on, you want to take guesses? So it's it's either gonna be like eh, sixty four, or it's gonna be like oh, this was a ninety three. I think it's, it's eighty. I think he's gonna say eighty eight. It's one or the other. I don't think you enjoyed it that much. All right, I thought it was great until the end. When he fell down into this bookcase world, I was like, it's uh, weird. Really? I, I just, and I understand the tie-in and stuff, but I don't know. I, I just, when, when that happened, my, my score dropped quite a bit. <laughs> and then... The Saturn place where he ended up? Yeah. That was, that was a little spotty. That was me, my yeah. least favorite part, I would say. Like this awesome, like, utopian society... Like, oh, they're playing baseball and they he like hits a home run and it goes up this like loop de loop shape thing and mm-hmm. hits someone's this house is upside down and it hits the glass and goes through the window. I, I mean I, I thought it was a good movie. I love the special effects, obviously. You know, McConaughey's acting was great. I love Jessica Chastain. This had a really good cast. It had a whole lot of people in there. It did. Uh Matt Damon was a dick, but that didn't really take off any points. Um <laughs> But the ending just—I thought it was corny, and I'm—I'm I'm sorry if I'm hurting your feelings. No, but you're not. I'm, I'm 82. Man, you, well, you guessed pretty much. Correctly. I'd be happy with the B. Yeah, like, but oh, fuck yeah. But <laughs> Wolf, I'm great with Bs on my movies. I gave Wolf of Wall Street an 80, and I feel like Wolf of Wall Street is a better movie than this. I—I I wish. I mean, it's set in stone. I know what we gave it. I know. I know. We've the already Wolf of Wall Street. I would compare it to like high school. You look back at high school and you're like, ah, oh, those fond memories. Oh, Not, high school. I hated high school. But when it's during it, you're like, fuck this shit. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> but it's like we, we've already been over it once in like the last episode and once in this one. Mm-hmm. I just can't apologize enough. It is what it is, man. It's what you're feeling. And like you said, it 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 got to you and you got angry and you were upset. And, and whenever a movie does that... It's it's doing its job as a good movie, conveying emotion and all that, and getting the viewer into it. But I'll, I'll just get to a point where I'll get pissed enough, and it'll just drastically destroy. Get a little manic in there a little bit. A little bit. Sometimes. Mm-hmm. Oh, fuck that guy. Yep. Why did he blow his head off? You were getting a little upset with Matt Damon today, or tonight. Well, yeah, but he's, understandably. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Anything else? No, I think I... Cover it all? All right. Well, Gary. Um, oh, yeah. Can I have a ride home? I mean, it's pretty late and. Oh, so I can stay the night? Well, it's 2 13. It's 2 13 in the morning. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I guess, you know, we could uh, roll out a sleeping bag on the floor for you. But, uh, you know, I need you gone by the time I wake up. Give a nightlight I can borrow? Oh, a nightlight? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, well, thanks for uh, dropping by unannounced. We always love when when that happens. It's like a... Oh, my pleasure. Air quotes, thanks. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and uh, I have a feeling this won't be the last time. Oh, yeah, you know either. me too well. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll just drop in tomorrow. Yeah, well, thanks for stopping by, Gary. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah. We, we we do appreciate you. We we know that you are a, a super fan. Um, we know that we we at least have one listen every week, and and, we, and we're thankful for that. Okay, well, thank you for tuning in to episode number fifty five of Movie Muggin. If you'd like to keep up with us, you can find us on Twitter and Instagram at Movie Muggin. If you want to send us an email, we are at moviemuggin at gmail Guys, next week is our one year anniversary. Yep, and Jack has promised that he's going to bring it. Yeah. He has promised greatness. I have done no such thing. Your criteria for me was, I want a jack pick. And I was like, all right, I can deliver a, a fucking jack pick. all jack picks. Going to show up with Jack and Jill. Hell no. I have, That's not even a jack pick. I do have That's a, worse. I do have a feeling of what it might be. I, I hope you don't know. I mean... It's just a feeling. You told me like six weeks ago at this point. I know. And so, I mean, it gets harder and harder to hide my pent-up excitement. So what I'll do is I'll write it on a piece of paper, 
And when you say what your pick is, I will show you what that piece of paper says. I have a feeling you're probably correct. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> so Damn. we need everybody tuning in next week. I mean, you know, tune in all weeks, but guys, we're really, really excited. One, one year are. is pretty fucking cool. Further than either of us thought we would take this. I, I never, I mean, we can save that talk for next week, but the fact that we're, we're going to do a, a year next week is just surreal. <laughs> it's crazy. Ish. It's just crazy. So we appreciate you listening and uh, have a movie mugging day. Hey, Gary. I thought I'd say hi to myself. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> is that your future self or your yeah. past self? <laughs> oh, I, at first I was like, that was, that was a weird Karen, thing Karen to do. giving himself a shout out. That's, that's pretty awesome. <laughs> I like that. Anything else you want to say to yourself? Um, <laughs> Gary, you look good today, my guy. You know, keep your head up. Go outside and sit on a sprinkler. <laughs>